Welcome to DBPA, the Drunk Bitches Podcast. I'm Jamie. And I'm Sarah. Each episode, we pair a wine with a topic where you get more lip with each sip. So let's get started. But first, pass the wine, bitch. Hello, listeners. Welcome to our episode called Fit Trends of 2020. We are getting into all the fitness trends that are happening this year. It's a new year. People want to be healthy. People are renewed with a sense of energy of getting fit. So extra discounts on everything. Yeah. So we thought, you know, we would brush up on what's new out there. You know, what is new in the fitness and in the diet kind of world? To go along with this topic, we're drinking Fitvine Pinot Noir. It's a 2017 California wine, and it's like the perfect pairing, I think. It really is, and I, you know, stumbled upon this. Um, It is actually geared towards people who are trying to, if they're on certain diets or they're just trying to stay fit and drink wine that has less sugar, less sulfites, less additives, all those types of things. But they give you actually the nutritional facts on the back of the label, which is interesting because I've never seen a wine that does that. But they're really geared towards that. So... They say that they were born when friends made a pact to craft amazing and healthy wines that fit their lifestyles. So whether they're doing CrossFit, cycling, running, skiing, paddleboarding, or outdoors, that they this is like the perfect wine, and that's what their team is always doing. So they're combining love of wine and fitness with an ethic for sustainability. Yeah, and it's really funny because on their cork and even on the front of their bottle, it says, we crush grapes, you crush life. I know, I like that. <laughs> so on that note, let's cheers. Oh, thank God that didn't break. <laughs> so this is the Pinot. They do have a bunch of other wines. This is the only one I saw at our local store. They also sell things by the cases on their website. And they actually have a guarantee, a money-back guarantee, that if you don't like their wine, so that it's a 60-day, 100% money-back guarantee, no whining, get it, necessary. (laughs) So they'll um, give you a refund if you send back your closed bottles if you don't like them. This one was uh, $17.99, which is what's on their website. Okay. Yeah, what are your first impressions here on this vegan, gluten-free, and pesticide-free wine? It's definitely more on the earthy side. I'm not getting quite as much upfront fruit notes. From the color, it's very light. And I do think this is like a light-bodied Pinot. Which is good. I appreciate that. I preferred the heavier side but (laughs) so I actually expected it like I really wanted it to be and maybe this is because I had a pinot last night like very cherry you know nice and bright fresh but this seems to be more I guess is this like more like a French style where it's earthier yeah so this is I think more Burgundian style it's earthier you know there's a little bit of smoke in here yeah very you know like think a little yeah I think a lot (laughs) I think a little you know, I don't really know what they age this in. It doesn't tell you. They do tell, say that they ferment all their wines to dry, so they all have less than one gram of RS per liter residual sugar. sugar. Yep. So each glass that we're drinking here has 0.03 grams of sugar, is 118 calories, 3.7 grams of carbs, and it's 13.9% ABV. 
Yeah, I will also say that they do have this not only just on their website, but also they have some of that information included on their bottle, uh, which is nice and helpful. I mean, I know a lot of people, especially because it's January, you guys, I'm sure, have all heard of this whole like dry January, which right. I haven't subscribed to that. I'm scoffing at you, mom, because my mom is doing it again. She did do it last year, and she, I mean, I think it's challenging at first. Yeah. But it just kind of gives you like a little reset. You sleep a little bit better, I think. I mean, I think that this is what she had said. Sleep a little bit better. You know, she felt a little bit more invigorated. I think she was also doing a little more activity. So theoretically, it can do wonders for you. But we just, I just have wine as like so much part of my life that I could never do it. So for those people who are really trying to be conscious about how they're going to intermix wine while still trying to maintain fitness and trying to get healthier. Yeah. um, I, you know, this is definitely designated for that. And I think it's interesting um, the way that it says, it says it's dry wines for sure. And many wines I think are, unless you get more towards the white stuff. I wouldn't necessarily say like, this is a drier wine than it's lower sugar than all other wines. Like you ferment it dry. That's, it's a lot of wines on the market, but there are probably other practices that they engage in that are not quite in the same vein as the fit vine, like the vegan and gluten-free and pesticide-free grapes. Because we've talked before, Sarah, about this whole like filtration system. Yeah, and so they they don't use some of those like egg whites and stuff to filter. Right. They use dichotomous earth and then micron pads. Dichotomous earth actually is so funny that they use that. We actually got that. Do you know what that is? Yes. We got it to get rid of an ants in our backyard. We had a huge ant pile. Really? I'm assuming this is the same thing. Um, I meant to look it up myself last night, but yeah. And it's like diatomes, and they're like, they're low low in crystalline silica and considered to be safe for humans. Hmm. But something about the particle size is what kills bugs. Oh. It's not necessarily that it's toxic. It's just that, like, it's such a big particle that somehow it kills bugs because there's, like, sharp edges of the particle and then it allows moisture to escape from the insect's body or something. I'm getting... (laughs) That just sounds... Yeah, sharp edges. Anyways. You consume it. Anyways, it's It's so... I'm like, oh, the poor buggies are, like, cutting their esophaguses. I know, right? (laughs) I don't want to think about that, but... So I was thought that was really interesting. So is that a picture? Yes, it's basically fossilized remains of tiny aquatic organisms called diatoms. Interesting. And their skeletons are made of a natural substance of silica. So that's what they're using to filter their wine. I think that's really interesting. I don't really know if any other places are doing that. I have never heard of this. Like I saw that and I was like, what? I don't know what any of that is. But I mean, I would like to learn. And, And again, you know, this is part of the reason why it's really cool when you can kind of like do a little digging into what you're actually drinking and what your winemakers do. Because as you start to drink through certain wines, I'm just doing a little PSA here, but as you start to drink wines and you're like, oh, I really like that, or oh my God, I don't like that. If you look at what their practice is and you try, say, another wine and you're like, oh, I don't like this either, and find that it's a similar practice, maybe. That is the wine process that you just don't like. And so you need to stay away from that. And you can find other winemakers that do something different. So this is like real interesting because it is something that is so new to me. Yeah. Um, Yeah. The other thing is, is because they contain um, less sulfites Mm -hmm. at less than 35 parts per million. Supposedly this is good for people who have allergies or who have flushing from wine. 
So those who kind Are you of get looking the, at me directly. I, I, I mean, <laughs> I'm not saying that you have a problem with it, but you've definitely <laughs> maybe experienced it. It's just a thing. You shouldn't it's get it from this thing. wine, apparently. Well, you can be the judge of that. What was it that you said? How much? Less than 35 parts per million. I do want to mention about this because I was actually just having this conversation with my mother-in-law. She is very sensitive to sulfites, and there are some wines that she just can't drink because, well, it doesn't say the amount of sulfites that are contained in wines on the labels. Yeah. But every basically every wine label says contains sulfites. And I just want to give some perspective here. So while this says contains sulfites, and they say on their website it's less than 35 parts per million, any wine that is destined for interstate commerce in the United States, this is from my new study book, that contains more than 10 parts per million of sulfur dioxide are required to display contained sulfites on the label. So if it doesn't say that, you're totally good to go. But just because it says contained sulfites does not mean that it's some outrageous volume. But it's helpful to know because less than 35, that's closer to the the absolute minimum here. Yeah, and it's really hard to find wine that has none. Yeah. <clears throat> it's like a, that has to be like some sort of natural, organic, like right. totally clean. And there is some of that out there, but it's not common. But the <clears throat> other thing is that there, I believe that sulfur is, sulfur dioxide is actually, it can be just like a, a random byproduct. Right. It really allows uh, you to stabilize your wines through fermentation. So you kind of do have to use a little bit. But there are winemakers, like I've been reading this book, and it honestly says that you can toss in sulfur dioxide basically from when you start to pick it. So let's say you harvest those grapes. Like you could throw sulfur dioxide over them to avoid the beginning of fermentation. So sulfur dioxide can be added throughout, but I just wanted to give a little extra perspective. But I think that it's great knowing that it's pesticide-free and it's vegan and gluten-free, which can certainly be appealing to a big, I think a pretty big demographic nowadays. Yeah. There's probably a good amount of wine out there that is this dry and the calories are probably similar, I would say. I think so. But I think this is gearing towards a certain... This is a marketing... A little bit. I mean, not that what they're doing is not great. Oh, no. I, yeah. But I, I agree. You're they're, they're marketing to a certain population here. Right, right. I definitely, I agree with you. I think that there are many wines. In fact, I was going to try to pull up uh, another book that I have just to kind of see like what the average calorie content is. I don't think it's that far off from like 120 calories per glass. Now, yeah. as you get into the heavier wines the sweeter wines those tend to be higher in calories but again it's sort of like what's your trade-off are you willing to forego the residual sugar for extra calories or like what's where do you draw the line so I know Wine Folly has some good resources about that yeah and like the average red wine has about 120 calories yep that's what I thought yeah so it's you're pretty similar now as far as as far as residual sugar you know, maybe they make this a little bit drier than some, but just kind of keeping that in mind. Piggybacking know. off of our ice wines from last week. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it was um, like... But of course, like the pesticide-free, gluten-free, sulfate, less sulfites, that's not, you can't find that everything with everything, but um, right. just kind of keeping in mind that you're, at least calorie-wise, it's pretty standard. Yeah. So should we get into the tasting after our topic? Do Let's do... Let's do the tasting after the topic. All right. I think I need a few more minutes with this. And okay. then we'll mention, too, what our 
friends at FitVine say about it too. But yeah, let's let's talk about wellness trends. Yeah, fitness trends for like, 2020. Like we're talking about fitness. We're gonna talk. Sarah found some great information about some diet stuff, and I think that some of these are less with the mindset of diet and more about like a lifestyle. Exactly, change. I agree. So the longevity, the long term, um, yes, approach. I used to work for the YMCA. Like every January, we run promotions yeah. to try to encourage people to sign up. You know, no enrollment fee. The first month free or something like that, or you get extra, you know, classes or kids club or whatever it is. So there's all these reasons to try to get more and more people into the gyms and into classes, and that's great. We definitely want to encourage a healthy lifestyle. But I know that for those people who already frequent, it can certainly be a challenge too. <laughs> well, so <clears throat> yes, January in the gym is rough. My husband mm. actually left the gym the mm-hmm. other day because he couldn't find parking. Yeah. Um, and then just decided to work out at home because we do have a spin bike at my house. But this is a new decade. I think more and more the newer things that we're going to and that we're going to start talking about is like how technology is becoming part of our fitness world. I agree. World. How it's thinking outside the box. People are working working out a lot more at home mm-hmm. using apps and things like that, but it is kind of we're kind of getting into a little bit of a whole new world with certain things that we haven't <laughs> seen before. So Yes, a huge push because everything, you know, technology lets things be like at your fingertips, literally. And so we have all these different fitness watches Mm -hmm. and all these different fitness apps and whatnot. And so, yeah, let's let's get into it. Okay, so we talked about apps. I think one of the most common apps that we've seen, there's so many fitness apps out there. Yes. But at least for women especially... I think one of the biggest apps that we've seen kind of make its way on Instagram, Facebook, it's everywhere, is the Sweat app. Yeah, I I had never, I had heard about it. It's this Kayla Itzines. Yeah. And she's, a, she's an Australian um, personal trainer. And since 2008, she kind of designed this bikini body guide, or BBG. Yeah. And it kind of took off. So she's got books. She's got a website. She's a huge. She has a huge Instagram following. Mm-hmm. She even has a YouTube channel, which then makes me question, like, why do we really need the app? But I'm sure that there's more on the app because I just downloaded that sucker. Yeah, and I didn't know that you had done it before. I have done it before, and I don't know if this is like a huge 2020 thing as much as it is. It's just gaining more popularity. And this is an example of just kind of fitness apps and how people are. Because this, they're really promoting to women with a busy lifestyle to try and do your workout in 30 minutes. And yeah, you can do it at home. You don't need any equipment except maybe for some weights. Um, So that's, I think, their huge push. Now, I did it for, I want to say, six to eight weeks. Mm -hmm. Um, It is... $20 $20 a month. I think the first month is maybe free. The first um, week is free. First week. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then if you subscribe for the year, it's $120. Right. So half off, um, at least for now. But it's a, it's 28 minutes. You can go up to 60 minutes. 
You can do it anywhere. They have different programs like a pregnancy one, a beginner one, a, if you want more like strength training. They have like, I just saw one that's more like mind-body. It's like, yeah. it seems like it's very yoga-based, yeah. which I think would be really interesting because we're trying to do more yoga here in this household. <laughs> but yeah, I, I didn't realize, like from their website, it seemed like there were only sort of the three BBG, like beginner, um, just the regular, and then BBG stronger. And I think they're recommended for certain lengths of time, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. But once I logged onto the app, I saw there's... There's so many different ones and I think that, you know, one of the things that I have experienced myself and also have realized having been a fitness instructor is that the instructors can make a world of difference. And sometimes the people, like our, our clients or the, anyone who's working out, they just don't resonate with who is in front of them, like talking to them, taking them through these exercises. So I think that that is really cool that she actually has. I mean, they're all taught, every single program is taught by somebody different, which is sweet because you get variety. Yeah, so, and there are like gym-focused ones where you can use the machines in the gym if you want, and that's what I was doing. Oh, is that is that how you... Yeah. Okay. So... I'll tell you my, my pluses and minuses. Yes, please do. I think it was a really good workout. I think the 28 minutes is a little bit unrealistic. It would take me more like 40 minutes in the gym because you need to go from like, you need to like go from, you can't just like automatically go to the next exercise. Because you need to walk and find the Find machine. your place and then. And then perhaps wait. Well, not only that, you machine. need to like set it up. Yeah. To your weight yeah. and that kind of thing. And so it would never take me 28 minutes. It would always take me a little bit longer. And, um, you know, making sure your form's right. Making sure you know what you're doing. So you're looking because each exercise changes. Yep. Um, and so you're doing a, a few exercises that are the same with each circuit, but that changes every workout. Yeah. So, you know, you need to, like, make oh, sure you... Oh, so you're you, saying for the program, it, like, built on it itself. Yeah. So... Okay. You need to make sure that you you know what you're doing before you do it. Like, there's times where I'm, like, looking at it and, like, for, you know, 30 seconds or a minute trying to figure out, okay, is this, am I doing this right? Yeah. You know? So that's, I think, the negatives. But the positives are that it does take you through a really good circuit training mm-hmm. that is challenging. And if you are kind of on your own and don't want to maybe spend the money on a personal trainer, that this is kind of a good way, especially they do have that home-based option if you are at home. And I think if you're at home, it probably will take you I, – I, so it, it I don't think it will take you 28 minutes. I did a 20-minute workout today because you can even do a shorter one. You can say, like, oh, wait, guys, I don't have that much time, yeah. so take give me something shorter. And I did it today. We'll see how I feel tomorrow. But – it essentially, like, I didn't realize that I have to actively click through to the next exercise yes, to go yeah. to it. And so I was like, is it just going to give me a time? Like, I don't understand. But then the other thing is that, and to Sarah's point, it doesn't set you up in the form. So it it's different than, like, if you go to a class or even, like, Beachbody, right? Beachbody On Demand, I've done that too. And they actually talk you through the setup, how your feet should be, where your knees should be, what you should be engaging, where you should feel this. And, you know, as you do the exercise, like giving you those reminders, like, oh, make sure you're not just dropping your head. Make sure that your neck is is aligned or whatever, which is certainly done easier in front of a mirror. But that's stuff that I used to do in a live class. You don't get that from this once you start the workout. But what I noticed, of course, I didn't have time for it, is that when you say you want to do a workout, you can actually play the the 
I guess, a video beforehand. Yes. But I don't know if that includes, like, somebody speaking through the setup. So I, I don't think it does, but it does, like, show you the steps of the right. setup. Okay. So it's not necessarily for your biggest fitness novice, I think, just yeah. because of that. But it is a great, I think it's a great option. I, I would not say 28 minutes is realistic, though. Oh, that's good to know. I mean, honestly, that's good to know because, I mean, if people are strapped for time, like, then yes. maybe they want to, th- they, maybe they need to know that they need to be able to, you know, give a little extra, maybe give an extra 10 minutes for warm up being confused. And then they do, like, I can't remember, but it's like a five minute cool down or 10 minute cool down mm-hmm. or five minutes. Five minute mm-hmm. cool down, right. Yeah. So if you want to cool down too, you need to add that in. Yeah. And then the other thing, the one thing why I think that this is, particularly interesting at least to me and not right now I mean I have the seven week or I'm sorry the seven day free trial um, trial it would be great to try like in like a hotel gym because you know I actually think that that's why this might be appealing is because you can essentially you could do something in your room and mm-hmm. there I know that there are hotels that offer you like yoga mats and weights and other things like that which is great I know like the Kimpton does that um, but the hotel gyms, I think, would be really interesting. Um, it seems that there's a great variety. It also has, you know, of course, they want to access all your photos, so you can take photos of yourself throughout to kind of see, like, progression. Um, there's an online community forum where people can ask questions yeah. or just post things, which is seems really great. Um, but that's, you know, that's the sweat app in a nutshell. Yeah, I didn't participate in that part. <laughs> but I think it would be great for some people yes um okay the next couple things now we're getting into like the new techie stuff yeah um i've been i've heard of one of them i have not heard of another one okay which one have you heard of okay i've heard of the mirror have you seen the commercials for it no you haven't oh my goodness it is a little creepy i mean i think i we, we won't get into that. I feel like that's another episode. Uh, because this, like, you stare at yourself, but you also, like, can it stare at you? I'm not really sure. Okay. So the mirror, what is from their website, it says, this isn't just a mirror. It's a cardio class. It's a yoga studio. It's a boxing ring. It's your new personal trainer, and it's so much more. So that sounds really lovely, I know. But... Essentially why it's really cool is because a lot of people, they get concerned over any sort of like um, at-home gym that takes up a lot of space. So this mirror legitimately either props up against the wall, like stands up. Like a mirror. Like a mirror. Or you can mount it on the wall like a mirror. And so you're talking about what they say it's less than two feet of wall space. I think that that is um, very cool because you don't have to worry about it kind of getting in the way or having to like take all the, like schlep all the stuff out before you have to do your workout and then put it all away at the end of it. It's, I assume that you just kind of touch it and make it go. Yeah, they say it's personalized for you that you have expert instruction with certified trainers from the country's top fitness studios that provide motivation and live feedback. So are they, can they see you? That's what I'm trying to figure out. Oh my God. I mean. That 
I'm not sure that I like that. I don't know. That's I don't want people, creepy. if they can see you when you want them to, can they see you when you don't want right? them to? Oh so, my God. I don't know. Okay, so this guy costs about $1,500. You also can do a payment plan because it's you said it's $1,495. Mm-hmm. And you can do like $42 a month. And they have a 30-day risk-free trial. So you can return it within 30 days if you don't like it. Yeah, and there's a monthly fee, I think. I believe that there is, yeah. but I couldn't find that information. I think it's like, oh, I want to say like 30 bucks a month or something like but that. But like what happens if you don't do the membership? You just have a glorified mirror? I don't know. I'm really not sure. Apparently, you can also sync <gasps> oh. your heart rate monitor to track your heart rate with the workout. Okay. The membership has unlimited access for six members. I'm reading here too. So they do have live classes. So it's 70 okay. plus live classes weekly or take a class anytime within their on-demand workouts. So to me, this seems like another one that we're going to talk about in a little bit. So the subscription is $39 a month. Yeah. I just, so 30, so 40 bucks on top of your 42 a month. So you're paying 82 bucks a month for that. Well, or you pay $1,500 outright. And then you're paying $39 a month. Right. If you want the financing option. Right. I'm just saying yeah. if you if you were going to go the, the financing, the monthly route, then you're talking about 80 some odd bucks. Okay. And they do sell a bunch of gear. Um, yeah. For sure. Like and fitness so bands. Sweat. I didn't mention that. There's a, a cleaning kit for your mirror. <laughs> Can you not use Windex? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, the classes are 15 to 60 minutes. Um, they've got beginner to expert levels, and you can choose your music. So, Yeah, and um, you can do that on Sweat. But then I was like, I don't know that I want Sweat to know everything that I have on Spotify. They don't need to know go. that I listen to Disney favorites. There you go. <laughs> I guess the other thing is, is like you could have multiple people doing this at once. So yes, there's six members that are included, but if it's like three of you, you and your girlfriends want to do like a class, I guess you could get cheat in front the system. Of it. And I mean, they've got that on their website, <laughs> and you can train with other people in the mirror community. Interesting. Would you try this? I don't. I don't think so. If I'm gonna be doing a video, like I don't need a fifteen hundred dollar mirror to tell me what to do. I can do. I have workout videos. I could do the Sweat app, which is a hundred twenty bucks a year. I could do Beachbody, which is a hundred bucks a year. I could do Daily Method because it has a monthly subscription too. So yeah. I think that there are so many other classes, and there are so many other options for doing a variety of classes like cardio, yoga, etc. for much cheaper yeah. that I just don't know that I would I would need that. But again, I go back to something I said during the sweat app. Like having a mirror is certainly helpful especially when you're starting out because if you if you aren't really used to moving your body in these ways and you're more of that novice, like it you just kind of don't know what you look like. Hey, and when I do bar class, I constantly am looking in the mirror to make sure my form's okay. I taught bar class, yeah. and I still look at myself in the mirror because your alignment is so important when you work out, not only to protect your body. I mean, legitimately, like you are protecting, like you can tweak something so easily yeah. if you're in horrible position and horrible form. So doing in front of a mirror or going to a class where an instructor can help you through, at least until you get your bearings and kind of understand what your body is supposed to feel like in these positions because things can feel weird trust me I, I know I put people in a lot of weird positions but I think that like 
it's because it's so new that it's going to feel extra weird, you know? Yeah, I don't think I would try it. Would you? No. Now, next. What, but what about this next one? So this next would one you try is like this next one? Maybe. This next one's like really? the mirror on crack. It's called <laughs> tonal. Like we just like steroided up the mirror, right? It's not, it seems like it based on the description. So yeah. it's an all-in-one fitness system. Attaches again, attached to the wall. It looks like the mirror. I think, I mean, similar to, mm-hmm. but the difference is it supports 200 pounds of resistance, so you can do full body strength training workouts. So it actually has like strength equipment attached to the mirror. So, like... See, that I think is really amazing because, I mean, it's, it's, to me it reminds me of a Bowflex. <laughs> like, like, one of the pictures reminds me of a legit Bowflex. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and it's, you I know... I would be nervous I would rip my wall out, though. I, I don't know. It's kind of saying that it's made for that. But they've got all these accessories that you can... You, like, so basically you've got, like, like the the... One rope. It's, it thing. looks like a it looks like a cable machine. If yes. people have been to a gym and to see like what a a cable machine that has all the different attachments, that's essentially what it looks like. Exactly. So you have that. It supports two hundred pounds of resistance, like I said. Um, it has personal training built in. The name is Coach AI. How <laughs> clever there. Uh huh. Oh, Small footprint, sleek design. It measures your reps, your range of motion, your time under tension, your power, your volume, and then they have step-by-step instruction and motivation. Okay, so Um, step-by-step instruction, I feel like that is more appealing than, say, just seeing a video without having, like, how do you get yourself into this position? Yeah. Because you can watch a video all that you want, but again, like I said, if you don't have that body awareness or know, like, what it should feel like, you have no clue if your hips are sagging while you're in plank. If your shoulders are pushed back, like, there are so many things that you could do that will be bad for you. Yeah. So this coach, AI, um, adjusts your weights in real time so you don't have to adjust your weights. What? Yeah. So it adjusts your resistance when you're doing the exercise, curls, lunges, whatever you're doing, so that you don't have (gasps) to do that. Oh, my gosh. It's almost like, you know, when you're on, like, an elliptical... And you, your, if you choose a program, it'll automatically increase your resistance mm-hmm. and decrease it, and increase your incline and decrease it. All right, okay. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of cool. And they have an app that you can track your progress. Okay. Um, meet new coaches. Um, like, look at all their different programs. You, all this stuff. So, it, it's kind of cool because you don't need weights. Because you have, the, like, the resistance changes on this thing. So you yeah. don't need, like, different weights. I see. They yeah. can adjust the resistance, which I think is cooler than the mirror, just because you have that added. Did you know that they actually have, like, hand weights that you can buy that you turn a dial and it makes it heavier? Oh, interesting. Or lighter? But I don't know how like that works. all attached to this, like, this thing. This is true. So you're right, space. so you don't have to, like, again, schlep stuff out. Yeah. Although, with all the attachments, I guess you have to store that all somewhere. But I don't know. I th- I don't know if there's, like, a storage. If it's also, like, a safe uh, behind Yeah, I'm not it. sure. But, okay, this, the price is significant. You thought the last one was bad? Okay, what is it? $2,995 plus tax and delivery. So basically three grand plus, plus tax. tax and delivery. 
And then the membership is $49 a month. So even more expensive. Oh my God. So I mean, you need to be really be invested that this is the way to go for you. Do they also have a 30-day trial? They do. 30-day return policy. Okay. Yeah, they have white glove install. But that also is what the Mirror website said. Does Tonal, does the Mirror own Tonal? I, I wonder if it's so. the same company. I don't think it is. Okay. Now, the Tonal has a three-year limited warranty on the actual machine, whereas the Mirror has a one-year limited warranty. That is so interesting because I would assume that if you have other potential things that could damage it, that it would have a smaller one. Smaller. Like, yeah. I would assume that the tonal would have a one year, but the mirror, because you don't have to touch it for anything, or pull, like, systems out of it. Everyone has their own warranty reasons, wow. I guess. Well, companies, why they do certain things. But, yeah, I, I do think that it doesn't have much storage, which is nice. They also have yoga on this one. Yoga classes, cardio classes, strength training, all sorts of things. So How shitty would it be if you bought this sucker and then you only used it for yoga? I know, no. It should be in combination. With I mean, stuff. there are Groupons for, like, on-demand yoga. So would you try this one? I, that is too expensive. Forget the price. Would you try it? Would this be something you'd be interested in? I guess maybe, sort of, because I do think that there's a benefit to using some of this extra resistance and, like, the cable systems. I do like doing it when I'm at, like, our gym here. Yeah. In actual fitness gyms, like your Wisconsin Athletic Club or like if you go to if you go to the YMCA whatever the cable systems can be intimidating to use because I feel like it's taken up by a lot of big dudes often yeah. and you can't even get in there and you're like uh, but I'm gonna put on like 30 pound weight like yeah. 30 pounds of weight and so I feel like it would be more comfortable to do in the comfort of my home and I do again I think that there is a benefit to using this but I don't think that this is something that would be for novices either. This is like you, you know how to work out. This is what you are you like doing. Yeah, unless this Coach AI is like really good. I mean, I agree. I would try it out, but that price is crazy. $3,000 plus a $49 membership. I mean. Yeah, I, I know. Unless you're like in the middle of nowhere and can't go anywhere. I mean, you have no access to anything. You know what? I'm glad you said that. That's actually a really good point. If you don't have the ability to go to a gym that you're comfortable with or that has the amenities that you want, or this is a really good solution. Like if you're living out in rural, whatever, like I hear you. If you have that kind of money, yeah. If you have that kind of money, that's true. Yeah. But yeah, okay. okay. I didn't think about it that way, but I actually like that um, point of view. What is next on our list here? Okay, so I, I kind of feel like we're just going up in price. <laughs> A little bit. Well, no, this one's less than... But no, I, only one sure, of the things is less than. I'm pretty sure tonal is the most expensive thing. It's not. It's not? It's not. What's more expensive? I'll tell you. Okay. So we have the Peloton. But the I, didn't people think, have, I didn't think the Peloton's more than 3000 No, hang on. I'm going to tell oh, you. Oh, okay. So Peloton started in 2012. I secretly want it. <laughs> it's not so secret. Not anymore. <laughs> <laughs> And, uh, okay, so started in 2012 as a bike, right? A stationary bike. Like, a really fucking awesome stationary bike. In the sense that they want to combine, like, all of the things. You get all of the metrics you get. There are daily live classes. There are streaming on-demand on classes. Much like what we just talked about for, like, the mirror and tonal and things like that. Um, so you get, you know, some of that live feedback. Um, there's also an app that you can watch on Fire TV. So you're not just on the screen for the Peloton bike itself. 
Um, but the other interesting thing is that while it started as the Peloton bike, which is in fact like twenty two forty five, uh, $2,245, there's a treadmill that was recently introduced. That treadmill is $4,295. Wow. Okay, here's the difference though. Not that I think, I think $4,000 hey, is crazy. The difference between that spending two to four thousand dollars on the a Peloton versus the mirror or tonal is that you're actually getting a piece of exercise equipment. This is true. Like you're getting, uh, like I spent eight hundred dollars on the the stationary bike I have at home, and uh-huh. that is like mid range. That is not cheap, and that's not expensive in terms of like yeah, a cycling. Yeah, I bike. think it's pretty basic. It's not like. There's no bells and whistles with it at all. Like, it's a pretty basic, it's like the spin actual brand. Mm-hmm. Okay. And it's heavy and whatever. It's nothing fancy. Now, so that's why I think, okay, $2,000 or $2,200 is a lot of money, but you're getting a piece of exercise equipment. So to me, that makes more sense. So you do have to pay a monthly membership, I think, for this too. If you right? want the classes, yes. If you want the classes. So my question would be, and I guess you just answered it, is that it's an if you want the classes. So if you don't want the classes, because it's $39 a month if you have the bike or the treadmill, or I didn't know this, you could simply use the app and only pay $13 a month. And so like, I guess this could be like a, if me, you yeah. go to the gym or if you have a, a treadmill or a bike at home, then you can certainly do that. But I, you know, your whole point about the costs, you're right. The Peloton's really high up there. There are other ones that are in $3,000 range. I think that most treadmills are going to be in like the fifteen dollars to $2,000 range, which is why this is like a significant bump up. So I think yeah. that you would need to That's be a like lot for a treadmill. really dedicated in order to get that. I mean, I've always wanted a treadmill. Always. I just feel like with the mirror, let's say you decided you didn't want to pay that monthly fee, then you just have like this piece of That's thing what, yeah, exactly. on your wall. Like here, at least if you decide... I don't want to do the membership. You at least have a piece of exercise equipment that you can use, you know. I think it's a really good point. And I think that that, to me, is why, like, the Peloton itself would be – Peloton company itself offers something to me that is a bit more appealing than, say, using the mirror or even – I mean, I guess tonal because if you don't have the monthly membership, how do you increase your resistance? I don't know. I don't (laughs) know if if it's done by the coach AI. Manually. So I don't really understand. I mean, Peloton, unfortunately, has been a, a big um, controversy. Been a big controversial um, yeah. within the last like couple months because of a, a holiday ad that they ran, where a husband bought the actual um, bike for his wife. Like, see me. I don't know if it was on Christmas in advance of whatever. And there's like this whole hoopla over the fact that it's sexist because. There's a portrayal of the wife being gifted the bike, which she may or may not have even wanted. She says she's scared and nervous about it. And, you know, she, like, has to, like, change her whole schedule. And, look, I think a lot of people are reading into that. But. Well, wasn't some of the controversy also because she was, like, they're, like, oh, look, she went from 123 pounds to 119. Like, because she was, Oh, I didn't even pay attention to that. Yeah, there was a lot of controversy with the fact that she was, like, already a small woman and so it was like well what are we trying to say peloton you know like oh this she you know she succeeded in losing three pounds hey for some people that 
matters. But the other thing too, and I think that this is the challenging piece is that, and I think that the fitness, fitness in general is challenging for a lot of people because you can't talk about it with one frame of mind because there are those people who are intrinsically motivated. They want to work out for reasons for themselves. Um, but there are those that are really only extrinsically motivated. So they look at those numbers only in order to motivate them. They, they expect, they want, they need this external feedback. And so I know in the commercial it shows that she got a, a shout out from the instructor doing a live class. Yeah. Which is cool. Don't get me wrong. I think I would think that that's pretty fucking awesome. But is that what really kind of motivates you to use this piece of equipment? And and how long does that last for? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, Peloton got a lot of shit for that. Yeah, uh, they yeah. did. And I mean, I th- I think that they probably could have used a similar concept, but they ne- they could have framed it differently. And there's even an article that I found from a former advertiser for Procter and Gamble who said, yeah. It wasn't a great ad. I mean, they're smart people. They should have done this differently. Yeah. Like, you need to understand what you're trying to speak to and kind of what, what you just mentioned about, like, the, you know, the weight and the change and all that. But, again, that's people who think that weight is everything. But well, is weight everything? Like, does that count towards, you know, the other benefits, your cardiovascular benefits, your muscle endurance and strength? You know, that type of thing that really isn't captured through that information. Again, they're smart people. They should have had a better ad yeah. for Christmas. Do I think they're a terrible company because of that ad? No. I think they still have a really good product, and I think that they probably just needed to figure out their their, their voice better because I don't know that they ever had, like, real Peloton advertisements on TV before. I don't know. I'm but sure. I mean, even this this article you're talking about even says she's slender and attractive at the start of the ad and looks exactly the same at the end. So it's unrealistic. Like, what did she succeed kind of thing. So I think for real people, like they want to see a success story, like something they, they can relate to. They want to see a to. change. Because a lot of people, yeah. I think, are expecting a physical change and not just like something that is more convenient that works into their lifestyle. I see a lot of different sides of the coin. I still think that Peloton, I mean, they've been around for a while. They're building. We Even at our mall, we have a Peloton cage, if you will, that essentially allows you to go in and try it out. I was so anti it and I kind of want it now. The Peloton? Yeah. You were anti before? Yeah. Because it was expensive. Right. You're like, WTF, why would I pay that much? I'm like, I just go to regular class. Maybe we should go try it out. I think we should. Just for shits and giggles. I I just, I'm a huge spin person. I know you are. So that's why it's like, for me, I was like, I can just go to spin class. And now I'm kind of like, oh, but it's kind of cool. But I have a spin bike. See, I mean, anyways, uh, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to, we're going to move on. All right. Those, I mean, those are like the three like major things that we wanted to cover. Like Like technology wise. But there's a bunch of other stuff. I think other trends that we'll see this year. HIT has definitely been making its way. High intensity interval training. Yep. So H-I-I-T has been making its way more and more into workouts. We see more of it. There's something called yoga HIT where there's like high intensity training combined with like these yoga poses. Interesting. Um, there's also micro hit incorporated in some workouts now, but what we might see more of is this H I L I T. What is that? High intensity, low impact training. So it's the same sweat inducing workout, but you have a lower impact. So it's gentler on your body and removes the stress of joints with the benefit of having that high intensity. So look out for that, guys, as you kind of see some workouts. I would, I would love to try something like that. I actually would too, because I think when you think of hit. 
you think of I think of jumping yeah really and that I think is a huge deterrent for a lot of people and that's even a deterrent for me it's a deterrent for me because Um, I have really flat feet and I have bunions because I'm an old lady cool we'll be on the lookout be on the lookout for that um the other thing and everybody already has these this isn't necessarily (laughs) a trend but it's gonna become more and more like they're gonna see more of it and they're gonna be more advanced so it's fitness wearables so a lot of people have Fitbits, um, the Apple Watch, uh, Garmin, Samsungs. A lot of people have these. Um, it's been mm. the number one trend since 2016, and it has cons- consistently been that. It's a $95 billion industry. Wait, what? $95 billion. Insane. Yeah. And how many people have multiple? Right. Well, I only have one. Raise my hand. I have the Fitbit, but... I've got Apple Watch, and I've got... I actually have a Garmin that I was so excited to buy. I need to charge it. <laughs> I haven't been running recently, so that's fine. Well, I still use... I don't run, and I use mine all the time I to track the, my steps. My Garmin, my Garmin doesn't do that. It's oh. literally for running. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. So Google's actually buying Fitbit for $2.1 billion. I did not know that. So we'll see what happens with Fitbit. Okay. But the newest... I'm a little scared, I won't lie. Of Google buying Fitbit? Yeah. Yeah, we'll see what happens. The newest one that's come out is called the Whoop Strap. Whoop, whoop. W-H-O-O-P. Yeah. Here's the interesting. Is this for bros? Like a bunch of dudes? Like I don't think so. It's kind of a weird name. The interesting thing about this is it's actually, again, here we go with the monthly fee. It's $30 a month. You get the strap, the band for free with the membership. I don't really know what what the uh, commitment is. Um, but it has five metrics, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, lightweight waterproof, and there's a five-day battery life. Now, it doesn't just me- measure your heart rate. It measures heart rate variability. So that's actually a measure of the deviations from a regular heartbeat. So greater deviation means better recovery and a higher recovery score. So then it gives you your daily recovery score as well as, as, well as your daily strain score. This sounds like something for elite athletes. To yeah. Me. I mean, it is really advanced. I was going to ask you, like, how is that really different than your Fitbit? I that, mean, because technically why. you can, Fitbits are wearables. You can wear them. Yeah, not even the wristband one, but I had the um, Fitbit one, which you can wear as you sleep. Too. Yeah, this this also will yeah. ma- would also give you information on your sleep, how much you were restless. Yep. That's what mine does. But these things, the heart rate variability, the recovery and strain things, are what makes this unique. So I still I would not want to pay a membership for my my fitness band. No, I'm thank I'm you. a fan of my one time fee situation that I got going on. So yeah, so keep an eye on fitness wearables. If you're into that, I like my Fitbit. Mine is older. I'm still happy with it, but you know, you'll see what comes out and we'll see what happens if Google's going to change anything about Fitbit. So yeah, so more and more More ways to know more about your own fitness. So (laughs) just to kind of give you guys a flavor of, because we talked more about fitness, but a flavor of diet, and I'm not going to get too into this. There's some but interesting stuff happening. What's coming out? Um, you're going to see more plant-based diets or flexitarian diets. So there's a big push for people to go plant-based. Um, this doesn't mean vegetarian or vegan. That you're just kind of more like a flexible vegetarian. So you, you kind of eat meat occasionally, but really you're trying to be uh, eating more vegetables. Um, and this isn't just for healthier 
living, but also for sustainability of the environment. And so, you know, I think that we'll kind of talk more about this later, but you will see more of a push to be plant-based in this year. And I think as kind of as the years roll on, the the United yeah. Nations actually predicts that global meat consumption by 2040 will drop by more than 33%. I would be so interested to follow up on that statistic later. I never had heard of a flexitarian diet, but I saw a reference to one very recently and I was like, I don't know what that is. To your point, there's been so many films. I'm I'm thinking particularly of some things that are like on Netflix, like What the Health and yeah. what's that other one that um you guys watched recently? Oh, I Game forgot Changer? the name of it. Game Changer. Is that That's what it was? It. Yep. Mm-hmm. Now I didn't watch that, but I heard Those are extremes. Extremes. And there yeah. are so many books that are, you know, really they show you the most horrifying things and it's so ridiculous to think that that is how people treat their animals that they are growing to give us yeah. food. But those try to push people and encourage people to like do it, make a drastic change. Whereas I think that this is a different mentality where it's, again, kind of, it takes us back to prior to the processed foods, focusing more on, on those plants that are readily available in your area, farmer's market stuff. Like, I, I appreciate Well, yeah, this. you're getting more protein from vegetables than you are from meat. Now, if you want to talk more whole-based foods, I think more of that is like the primal diet, which is okay. another one. So that's looking like at clean and processed foods. It's kind of a healthier version of paleo. Okay. Because it's really looking at like hunter-gatherer type staples, veggies, nuts, wild raised animals. Yeah. Um, that's key, I root bet. vegetables, and then omitting like gluten, corn, sugar, processed foods. So that is, I think, more on that note in terms of eating less processed, yeah. but includes more. Meat is a much bigger staple of that diet. The other thing that is kind of new and interesting that we see more of, and I think we'll see more of this year, is intermittent fasting. Yes. There's a few methods to do this, and there's a lot, and I would love to talk about this forever, but I'm not, (laughs) we're going to just touch on it, and maybe we'll do something different on it in the future, but there's a lot of methodology behind why people think that this is healthy. And obviously, like, you eat during a a lesser time during the day, so potentially it's calories. However, there's more than that. There's a lot of theories on why this might be a good thing. About, like, what your body is doing in the off time. Yes. Like, how this might be good for your metabolism and things like that. But there's different methods for intermittent fasting, and we're going to hear more about intermittent fasting, I think. Um, Actually, I do think that we should do another podcast about that because I mean there's that whole like breakfast is the most important meal of the day yeah but I feel like that's counterintuitive to the intermittent fasting I think it's what you eat the first thing is the most important thing yeah so So, I mean I I've never done intermittent fasting I've been doing it I like it I do the 16-8 method where I I kind of fudge it roughly like 15-9 or something but basically you restrict your eating period for like an eight-hour block and then you fast the other time. So for me, mm-hmm. since I'm a later eater at night, which most people aren't, but because, you know, my husband gets home later from work sometimes and mm-hmm. that's just how, you know, we like to go to the gym and whatever. I do like, I don't eat anything until 1 p.m. And then I usually will eat until like, it's supposed to be 9 if you're going to do the 8. Sometimes I'll have like a piece of fruit or something yeah. after. So maybe I fudge it till 10, but yeah. One See, I like if I don't eat until one p.m., it's a mistake. 
Like, it's because I'm starving, but I simply cannot get, like, leave, like, work or do something. But I, I mean, I typically don't eat anything till, like, 10 or 10.30. Some days I just am ravenous the moment I wake up, and it doesn't make any sense. Yeah. It's a mindset. Yeah. It's a mindset. And it's, it's, it's not for everybody. No. You and know. that's the, okay, so thank you for bringing this back. Because I think that that sentiment, it's not for everybody, is really important. So there's all this shit out there and we have all these different fitness trends and it's like, oh, this is going to do this for you and this is going to do that for you and you need you feel like you're pulled in all these different directions. But just understand that not everything is right for everybody. You need to figure out like what's realistically going to work for you. Yeah. And what makes you feel good and what you think you can stick to. Because it's yeah. the other thing is that a lot of these trends that's why they're called trends because it's it's tends to not be like a lasting thing. I feel like when your health and wellness comes to comes into play that it needs to be a more mindful decision about what you hope to achieve long term and what you think that you'll be able to maintain long term. These yo-yo diets, I, I think what Sarah just described are things that could be lasting as opposed to, you know, you do like your Atkins diet for I don't know, however long, until you meet your your goal. And then what happens? Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know? you got to find what works for you. And I feel um, like being restrictive of things, like, makes you want it more. And it's like once your body gets it again, you just, you you crave it even more. Because it's like, yep. oh, shit, I forgot about that. I really love that. Give me that only. Well, I think that we're going to see more of lifestyle ways of um, eating versus mm-hmm. diets as we come at all these things, plant-based, intermittent fast. These are all lifestyle. Everything that you said, yeah, I think it's great. It's, it's not just like keto and Atkins. Which you're and, not supposed to do yeah. for more than a certain number of days exactly. or something. Because your body is literally <coughs> being deprived of shit. Like you can go into serious like health risks if you continue keto. Juice fasting is something else that people used to do and that everyone's now going against because it can put your body at stress and things like that. Yeah. Your liver stress your liver and all that so mm-hmm. i think we're we're gonna see less of the fad diets and more of the lifestyle things which yeah. is great um we're gonna see more boutique fitness studios we're gonna see more i think boxing studios or mm. i think boxing is gonna be a thing um for like Lori laughlin so that she's prepped for going into prison or what oh, right that was hilarious <laughs> yeah i saw that um but yeah so there's gonna be a i think more I also read there's going to be more focus on like rowing studios maybe potentially. Um, So you're going to see a lot of more boutique type studios I think but more home things, tech things, you know. Which I think is great because for people who are uncomfortable going into the gym and I know people who are like that. They don't want, they feel uncomfortable. They're like I don't know what I'm doing. I'm going to look like an idiot or they just feel uncomfortable in their own skin. The comfort of your home is a much more suitable place for you to kind of like start something new and start something that is really going to benefit you. And so I think all these these options, like having it accessible with this technology nowadays, is much better and, and allows people another alternative to going, to getting a gym membership and paying monthly but never going because they just yeah. they can't bring themselves to get in the door. Well, that being said, though, don't, let's not, I th- these are all, Oh, I'm Trends. just yes, but I'm just saying that I think that for for people who don't like to go, who don't yeah, these are great options, yeah, great options, yeah. But what I'm what I'm saying is is that 
these are all trends, but you know, going to the gym works too. Like, yeah, that's true. That's what I'm saying. Like it, that works. So you don't have to do a trend for no. something to be healthy. Like, right. You can go to the gym and run or well, use the elliptical or do some weights and that's some, still okay. Because yes. <laughs> some people are like, well, if I don't have some, if I literally go to work and go home or if let's say I, I'm a stay at home mom or dad or whatever and I don't go anywhere, if I don't leave, I'm not going to do it. Yeah. You know, so it's like sometimes it's better to have a place to go because then you feel more committed. You're like, oh, well, I already got here, so I might as well do it or something, exactly. you know. So you're right. It's not a one size fits all. And I think that's the message here is that, you know, we see these trends coming. We can see that there might be a benefit for certain individuals. Um, I don't know if you need to spend $3,000 on a mirror. <laughs> Listen, I have a perfect. I went to IKEA last weekend, and there was like a hundred dollar mirror that's a full like floor to ceiling length that yeah. does just fine. Okay, I can use that. I didn't buy it. I've always wanted it. I won't. Less, way less of a splurge. It's way splurge. less of a splurge, so. and you don't have to pay a monthly membership either. So, what do you think of our fit fine? I prefer. Okay, so actually, I'm going to mention this. I think that this reminds me color wise. Of like our Beaujolais Nouveau. Yeah. Or Beaujolais. It is very uh, light in body. It's so, it's like almost translucent. It actually matches our napkins very yeah, well. Yeah, it's very light in body. Um, uh, I do get that kind of like smoky cedar flavor. Um, there is some fruit on here, but you know, it, it's not too fruity. They say that it's a bouquet of toasted cedar, black cherries, hints of orange blossom and honey with a round velvety mouthfeel. Smooth and well-balanced, the perfect complement to your meal and active lifestyle. Um, I agree that it is smooth. I do think that it has a really nice mouthfeel. Um, as far as the fruits are concerned, I don't get the orange blossom and honey. I think the fruit should be much more pronounced. It's a young wine. It, I don't think that it should be at this level that it is. Because even, even their description puts cedar, toasted cedar first. I, I feel like the, the fruit is sort of an afterthought. And to me, if it were going to be well-balanced, yeah. it would be a little bit more pronounced. Like, I would have gotten that initially on the smell even. And so, to me, this is not like I would probably prefer one of the other, like, cloud break, really. Yeah. So for 20 bucks comparison? Now, that being said, I do think that this is worth trying for... And I oh, don't yeah. Really know, I don't really know their other vari- how their other varietals go, but... I think if you are into a less fruit-forward wine, that this is a great one. Yep. Because it is it is smooth. It is kind of have a really yeah, nice mouthfeel. Yeah, it's mouth not feel. like it's not like a Beaujolais where it's, yeah. it is over. It's to me, it's to me Beaujolais is overly acidic. I think it's hard for me to drink that because it has such a high acidity yeah. and with the fruit, and it's a very tart fruit. Whereas I think this is really, this goes down very well, I will say. So despite, you know, the lack of fruit from from my perspective, I think it's still very easy drinking. Um, I said at the beginning, I really am not like the biggest fan of the Burgundian uh, Pinots. And so to me, that I think is why this is not. Well, you know I'm not. So I am a fan of Burgundian style. I love Oregon. I love France. You know, 
Um, I but the Oregon Pinots that I've had are not as thin. Honestly, I yeah. feel like it's thin. It is. It is thin. Now the difference between this, I think, and the French style, Oregon style, is that there's more cedar. There's more wood on this than mm-hmm. and than you would. There's more wood versus earth. Burgundian is more. You're gonna get cherry. You're gonna in Oregon, you're gonna get floor. cherry and forest floor. Yeah, for both of them, yep. it's gonna be it's gonna be lighter in body for sure. Yep. But those this is like lighter in body, like they are, but also lighter in fruit. It's lighter in fruit. It's, it's got more wood. Yeah. So I'm I don't know. I I would love to know how they made this. I would actually be very interested to try some of their other varietals. So, I feel like they have a Syrah too, right? Yeah, they do. Did they I, have a Syrah because. You know, I dig a good Syrah, so I would actually be inclined to try that because yeah. it is, again, it's a heavier wine, and to me, it just is, I I don't know. I think that that would be delicious. I agree. I um, would love to try their Syrah. I'm actually, no offense to Fit Vine, but I'm usually a skeptic on California Pinot to begin with. Uh, agreed. Well, and the other, so, so the other thing that's interesting, I don't know that we mentioned it at the beginning, but this just says California on it. And when it says California on it, it doesn't, it means that the grapes can kind of come from all over California. So we don't really know exactly where. So so. if I were to go out and see like Carneros and it's a Pinot from Carneros, I'd probably be more more inclined to drink that because it's a cooler climate and I think that that was better suited to Pinot. Right. But we know that Pinot is grown kind of all over the place. And so it picks up other characteristics. And so this means that it's a wine that is I would imagine, I'm going to make a, a guesstimate right here. From year to year, I would expect that there's not going to be a lot of difference because I think that by saying or by using grapes from all over the place, they can really kind of try to mix and match so that from location so that they can get a very similar flavor profile from year to year across yeah. vintage. And so that might be beneficial. So if you do try this and you like it, I'd say that you're probably going to like the other ones. Yeah, well... I agree. Yeah. I mean, their but description of their Syrah sounds so lovely. I would love to try the Syrah, <laughs> and I would love to try one of their whites, actually. I gotta, we gotta, we should go check this out. Maybe yeah. we can find it at Total Wine. I didn't yeah. see. So, anyway, um, on that note. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely a different Pinot from the one that, the most recent ones that we've had, but I think that it's certainly fits within our lifestyle we're talking about lifestyles i like their philosophy so i will cheers to that and i'm interested in trying some of their other wines yeah um but yeah if you guys see fit fine out there give it a try and if if you do let us know what you think yeah absolutely we'd be interested until next time db peeps cheers stay healthy thanks so much for listening if you like what you hear please rate review and subscribe to our podcast on your favorite podcast listening platform to help spread the dbp word Check out our website and blog at dbpcheers.com. And don't forget to follow us on Instagram at dbpcheers or on the Drunk Bitches Podcast Facebook page. We'd love to hear from you, so send your questions, comments, and fun wine or topic ideas to dbpcheers at gmail.com. Until next time. Cheers Cheers from from the girls of DBP. DBP.